Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, senior tech editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Two Embarrassed Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. It could be anything at all, like which Olympic sport Kara Swisher would participate in if she was an Olympic athlete. Uh, doping. Oh, good. I guess I've yeah. befriended the right person yeah, for my next exactly. big story. Yeah, I had a lot of business for yeah. that business. Anyway, so send us you your... Icarus? Have you seen the documentary? Yes, I have. I yeah. think it was... Ugh, the Russians. I don't even want to talk about the Russians. God. Like the international grifters, essentially. Anyway, so can you send us your questions, please? Find us on Twitter or tweet them to at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address, tooembarrassed at recode.net. And a friendly reminder, embarrassed has two R's and two S's. Today's episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask is a special one. Oh, no. Did you convince my mother to come back on the show? I think <laughs> no, she's in Mexico. <laughs> no. People love it when Lucky comes on the show. Yeah, right. Although this topic today... It's probably something that's relevant to Louis's generation. Louis, who just wrote me about Snapchat. He doesn't like the new Snapchat. Oh, I would love to. We need to bring him back. I know, we to do. Talk about we do. This. He really doesn't like it. <laughs> Look he goes, how exactly Snapchat. no one likes it, Mom. Please do something about it. <laughs> Louis Swisher is coming back. <laughs> well, today we're in Huntington Beach, California. We're at the 2018 Code Media Conference. Yes, we're looking at a beautiful view of the ocean, which is lovely. That's Wait, that's life. from my suite. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, it's really lovely. We're having a Code Media conference. We're interviewing a lot of really cool people. It's Peter Kafka's conference. Uh, we've been telling you about it for the last couple of weeks, but we've got people like Susan Wojcicki of YouTube, Tim Armstrong of Oath, Lydia Polgreen of the Huffington Post, and many others. Yes, and one of the topics that's being discussed a lot lately in the news is this idea of tech addiction. Addiction. Uh, and I say addiction in that way because it's actually a very serious term that in a lot of cases maybe doesn't truly apply to people, but it's this compulsion or this obsession that some of us have with both our physical devices and the software that we use on them. Kara, put down your phone. <laughs> no, Kara. it is an addiction. It's not a compulsion obsession. It's it's do they design these things in order to addict you the way you might any other thing? Does it go to dopamine? Does it go to physical reactions that you have when you're using these things? So I think addiction is quite the correct Well, word. there are two sides to it. There are the companies sort of gaming apps and software to make you... Yeah, be, they do. Know, have they have psychologists, loop, they have anthropologists. Right? But then they, we are humans who are also, for the most course. part, in control of our devices. Perhaps. The we That'll be an things, interesting so. bunch of science going yeah. forward. I think it's both things. People are willingly becoming attached to these things at the same time. If there are elements that they're putting into the design of these things that create like a slot machine of attention, that's what I call it. Um, there, are, there are lots of studies around this. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are very attached to the devices. I certainly am. Um, I was just away a week in Mexico and not using it very much, and it was... It was nice, but it was hard. It was definitely hard, and, and I'm not addicted to anything. So, um, so I'm very. I think it's pretty clear. So, and also how it makes us feel, such as Facebook makes us feel bad or good, mostly bad. I think Twitter, same thing, because um, more evidence is coming out that these are bad for our health, um, mm-hmm. and that maybe we should start to figure out how to uh, disconnect from them. How do you disconnect? I mean, aside from taking one retreat. I go to Mexico, Mexico to a luxury retreat without electricity. That, how do you disconnect? <laughs> I don't. I, 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 someone I'm seeing has just said, put down your phone at dinner and I'll break up with you. So I think that was one of the Ooh, things. Oh, can I use that on the podcast? <laughs> no, it was just really... Put down your phone during the podcast or I'll, I'll break, break up, up with you. you. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but it was things like that, just paying attention to my kids. I think a lot of things, I, uh, I think about them and I, so I have to do it myself. Um, so I can't tell them to put down their phones if I don't put down my phone. So I grab them at dinner and I put them in the center of the table, you know, things like that. 
That's a good like motivation, that. actually. Yeah. Before you can tell someone else to do it, you have to sort of check yes. yourself. Do you remember when I did it, when we were at one of the codes in New York, one of the codes, in, and there was hurricane whatever was there? Were you? Were you uh, we were at a stage? bar, and I made everybody. No, oh, we were there. Yeah, for I the, do remember that, actually. And I took all the phones and put them in a pile in the center of the table, and people, Ina Freed particularly was going crazy. That and that was there. back in 2012. Well, a long time ago, yeah. Dare I say that I don't think we were all quite as addicted then as we are now. Yeah, but people had a problem when we put them there. We wouldn't, I wouldn't give them back to anybody and threatened firing them if they yeah. took them, things so like So if that. you were one of those code conference attendees that year who got stranded during the storm and you couldn't get in touch with Kara Swisher to find out where to go, um, that's because she put our phones well, the in phones the center of the table. They didn't work. <laughs> Nothing was working then, which was also a relief. Um, so anyway, so it's an interesting it's an interesting issue because I think it's, it's becoming more serious. Obviously, a lot of people are focusing on it and some people are taking advantage of the situation, but we have to think about how, well, as we get into VR and AR, I just had uh, Jeremy Balenson on the Recode Decode podcast, how we're going to, as it becomes more immersive, how we're going to deal with it is going to be an important issue. Lauren, how are you addicted to phones? You're not really that addicted to phones. I don't I'm find somewhat. I don't think you I think are. You're addicted to like Fitbits and things like that. I like, do like wearable tech. Yes, you do. Because I think that kind of tech is something that has the potential to kind of disappear into your experience. Like if you're wearing it and mm-hmm. it truly is well designed, you might forget about it and you mm-hmm. might still get the benefits from it. But the problem is a lot of them are not very well designed and then right. you're very aware of them. But, but you, like but you like the in idea general, of quantifying yourself. I do. I do. I think there's a lot of interesting data to be pulled from it. But I I also think there's something really, really important about totally disconnecting. Mm-hmm. Um, like last year, I started taking up more water sports because I found that if I did that, I was carving out time for myself right. at least a couple hours a week where I was not, I couldn't check my phone. Well, someday you'll have goggles that have AR or VR. Possibly. Well, yeah. the, there are sports goggles that already exist for that. But like in the water, it's just... Or another thing I started doing lately is buying a lot of physical books. I've hmm. bought like four or five so far in the new year. Um, and there's that problem where they like, they pile up in your bedside and you start to feel bad about yourself because you can't possibly finish them all. But I just find that because they're there, I'm more inclined to pick them up, at, right. you know, in the evening. I read some books on this actual, You did? What did you read? Oh, the Elena Ferrante series. I finished the Tina Brown book that I hadn't finished yet. It was a lot of stuff, magazines, stuff like that. That's good. Yeah. It was weird. I haven't not That's read on though, my phone. Right? How yeah. did you feel afterwards? I read on my phone books. Like I, I've been reading the Hamilton book for six years on my phone. But it's definitely an, it's an addiction. It's it's sometimes it's useful, sometimes it's not. I mean, I think you feel that way about most things. Yeah. So we decided to ask the very smart attendees at Code Media if they consider themselves addicted to their devices, and if so, how they manage that obsession and sometimes even manage to disconnect. Yeah. And we decided to kick it off with who else but Recode's Peter Kafka. 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 Lauren, are you asking me if I'm addicted to tech? That's really your question. I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you with my iPhone on mute temporarily. I'm wearing a uh, Apple Watch. And in the other room are uh, some uh, Bluetooth uh, Apple headphones that I have in my head all the time, so much that I kind of, I'm losing my hearing. So yeah, I think I have a tech addiction. Uh, the best way for me to solve that is usually to remove myself from tech, which is nearly impossible. Uh, in the meantime, I will sometimes take these really futile gestures like deleting Twitter, not entirely, just from my phone. I did that for a month last fall. It was very exciting. I think tech addiction is an issue for all the speakers here, but it's kind of like it's an issue for cigarette makers, right? Um, they're still going to keep selling cigarettes. Um, I think they all probably genuinely feel we should maybe use a little less tech except for the products they sell, um, but they're probably not going to do anything dramatic like stop selling their products. So that's not the first time I've heard the comparison to cigarettes. You've brought yeah, it up before, cigarettes. too. Do you really think the comparison is apt? Could be. 
I don't know. You know, obviously cigarettes are very clearly related to your health and, and death, essentially, and they had to put those warnings on them. But there could be some things happening with your brain with all these things. I think there are something. We don't know. We don't know what it does, what it makes us feel like. And I think there should be a lot of studies. I think it'll be hard. I mean, even after all these years, the studies around cell phones and radiation and things like that are still unclear. Um, so, uh, and, and cell phone makers would say they're not, there's no correlation, but you know, I think like a lot of things should be further studied and there, there's nothing wrong with putting down your phone. I think that's probably good advice to most people. Let's hear what some of the other attendees had to say. I'm speaking now with Ian Schaefer. He's the former CEO of Deep Focus and he's here at Code Media this week. Enjoying the weather, like the rest of us. It's yeah, it's a great pretty. Day it's today. pretty. It's pretty nice out in the sun. It's easy to take lie. a break from tech. And I haven't seen. Like I haven't this. seen the sun in months. I'm in New York. <laughs> so, uh, what are the apps that you can't live without that you find yourself checking all the time? Probably obsessively Twitter um, for news. Um, there's no shortage of, of news, um, and so it's uh, it's something that I, that I use to not only like consume it, but but I guess engage with it as well. Um, you know, Instagram has been my, my cultural window um, to the world. Uh, so, I mean, I, f- I feel like those are the two that, uh, that I'm, pretty, I'm pretty much always on. Do you ever feel like you're addicted to your devices or the apps that you use? Like, it's very difficult to put them down. Yes, it is difficult to put them down. So I, I don't feel like it's an addiction in that it's a, it's a habit I necessarily have to break. Um, I grew up in a home where we literally had a TV in every room. My father was in the TV business and, and we, I, I watched a lot of television. <laughs> so uh, I feel like I've been able to self-regulate um, with, with my media intake. I haven't let it control my life. I actually think there are a lot of people that I know who probably spend obsessively too much time on, say, Facebook, um, where it, I, I think it actually like, affects their daily life and makes them... Uh, narcissistic and things like that, um, you know. And, and I feel like um, you know I've tried to check my narcissism at the door on these other platforms, but um, you know that that's me, the very subjective analysis of myself there. So I'll let somebody else give their opinion of my, my media usage too. It's quite public. When you say that you self-regulate your usage, how do you do that? I tend to uh, like keep my phone away from me. Uh, from bed, for example. So it's never the, the last thing I do uh, at night, nor is it the first thing I do in the morning. Um, I cherish that, that time, actually, a little bit. Um, honestly, um, I've gotten a little more detached from technology as I stepped away from uh, ad agency life. Um, it seems that uh, you know, when you're in the service business, everything's an emergency. And for me, I j- I've just felt like in the last, in the last few months, uh, there's just been a lot fewer emergencies um, normally, and, and even with phone calls, for example, um, you know, in the service business, if someone's calling you, it's probably not with good news. Um, so uh, so I, I'm enjoying, like, my phone ringing and saying, oh, this might be a good phone call. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, it, it's taken a little bit of willpower to do that. But once you, you put yourself in routine, um, you know, it's a pretty decent way to avoid bad habits. How much of the onus do you think is on us as the consumers to control our usage of tech? And how much is happening on the part of the companies who design these apps and games and services we're using? Well, I think as these companies uh, learn to evolve with the habits that they see from consumers, because I don't think, you know, Facebook, when they, when they started, had no idea we were going to be using it the way we use it and, and to the extent that we use it. Um, it was it's beyond their wildest dreams. So there's, you know, going into it, um, you've got to learn from the behavior of the consumers. But I believe, like, once you get to a point when you're the size 
on Facebook or Google or any one of their sub-platforms, um, there is, I believe, an inherent uh, responsibility. And it's a, it's a moral and ethical one until it starts getting regulated um, in some way by the government. But I, I believe they do have um, a responsibility to self-police. I mean, you see it from the alcohol industry, the spirits industry, you know, where they, um, you know, so they don't get regulated by the government and get told what to do. You know, they are, they put mandates on the businesses that are part of their trade group to, um, to be uh, good actors. And I think, you know, we need to see that out of these platforms. I think that they're, um, you know, they, they use a lot of terminology that's convenient for them. Um, you know, they will say they're a platform, but in reality, they're, they're media companies. They are. They're just modern media companies. And so I'm um, saying you're a platform, saying you're an open set of tools, and anyone can use it the way they see fit, as long as they abide by our terms of service, I think is a cop-out. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, being that we're spending so much time consuming media via those platforms, they have to take the responsibility of, um, you know, being sure that the content that we consume through those platforms are things that aren't going to be harmful to us, either as individuals or a society. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the onus is on them, actually. My name is Lehua Sparrow, and my position is vice president of product uh, management at Group 9 Media. Do you consider yourself in any way sort of addicted or obsessed with tech? And if so, how do you give yourself breaks? So, yes, I, I think it is an addiction that I have. Um, I would say the, the, the app that I use the most is Instagram um, because I have a two-year-old and so I'm constantly documenting his life on there. But as far as a break, it's so tough because it's literally the first thing I look at when I wake up and the last thing I look at before I go to bed. So my break would be, I don't know. I have to be very conscious about not using it. I've heard of people putting their phones to sleep in like a box or something. And uh, I did try that. It, it didn't last very long. Uh, I think just because I was, I needed something. It's just kind of a habit now, like smoking or something like that. It's an addiction. Do you find yourself feeling any differently when you're able to take those occasional breaks from tech? Yes, I, I feel accomplished that I was able to just take a break. I feel good and relaxed. I feel like a good um, sort of mindful person, especially living in San Francisco. I, I feel like it's a good like, point of reflection for me when I've done it. It's a, it's a good accomplishment. How long before you find yourself reaching for your phone again? Well, to be honest, I guess my phone is charging right now. <laughs> so that's the only reason why I don't have it in my hand. I mean, I have like a pop socket on it too. So it's like a source of fidgeting for me. And it's usually just another extension of my body, but it's literally like dying. So I have it charging in my bag right now. There you go. I don't need to get away from tech. Just let your phone die. And then you will have to distance yourself from it for a while. I'm speaking now with Rolo Wenlock. He's the founder and CEO of Whipster, which is a Portland-based video platform for business. Is that correct? That's the one. All right, you I got it all it. right. A lot of media buzzwords in that. <laughs> yeah. All I guess except for Portland. Um, so thanks for talking to us today on Too Embarrassed to Ask. We're asking people about their so-called tech addictions, mm -hmm. what they use on their phones, what they feel like they can't live without. What's the first thing you check when you wake up in the morning? In the morning, I mean, I have an iPhone, so it's just the front, the front scroll. Um, and they've just created a new feature where the front scroll, if you go into something because, you know, you hit the, the button so you, so you jump in there and then it all goes away and then you used to come back and it's not there anymore. So my favorite feature of the phone is the front scroll and you just, it comes back and you can scroll through it and you see everything. 
So that's just perfect. So I, I get access to everything. It's like a dashboard. So you use a lot of notifications. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, everything. I hardly even use apps. I just get notified and then I go and do something else. Uh, what are the apps though, even though you're not going in-app necessarily, that you, you feel like you can't live your life without? Well, in terms of business, um, we, as a team, we run on Slack. So Slack is hooked up to all the other apps that we use. Yeah, I feel and so your pain. Slack does notifications of all the other notifications. And so it's like notification inception uh, on the front of my iPhone. <laughs> So I'm thinking of getting a watch, an Apple watch, so I can just do it on my wrist. I don't know if by getting crazy. a watch you're throwing, you're throwing more problems at the problem or you're solving something. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Do you ever feel more like problems. it's too much? Um, totally, yeah. And so, and so there's, there's times where my partner Gemma and I, we just, we just leave our phones in a, in a box in the hallway at, at home at times. It's very, very hard to do. Um, and she'll often actually plug her phone into charge in a different room because otherwise it's just, it's addictive. You know, you just go crazy for it. What do you think it is about our devices or the services we use that are so addictive? It's because it gives us little moments of pleasure. And so that's really all it is. Well, they've, they've figured out that, because that, people are, are essentially self-obsessed by, by proxy of staying alive. If you weren't self-obsessed, you'd probably die. Uh, so by being self-obsessed, you get these micro self-obsession payoffs. You know, every notification is about you. And it's somebody or something telling you something pertinent to you. And so you feel needed and wanted. Um, I, I, I guess it gets the most depressing when you realize that all your notifications are coming automatically from apps, reminding you that an app is doing something. <laughs> that would be the most depressing version of that. But if all of them are about other people talking to you, like there's a new tweet, there's a new email, there's a new this, there's a new, a new that, that's cool because that's humanity. But the rest of it is, uh, it can get a bit weird. I mean, the notifications are also intermittent. It's not like you have a steady stream or you know exactly when they're coming in, right? So the whole idea is you have to keep looking down at your phone because you're thinking maybe there's something new. Well, there's, there's, there's always something new. You know, there's, there's enough stuff going on that there's always something new. So every, every time you look at your phone, there's another page of stuff. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of that you're always connected. You know, it's, it's, almost, it's almost you're addicted because if you don't get it, you start to feel bad. And I think that's also another crazy part of it. Aside from putting your phone in a box <laughs> or charging it in another room, what are some other tactics that you or your friends and family use to stay away from their phones? Um, you leave the house without the phone. That's a really good one. Uh, and we used to have a country house that was so far in the country there was no internet, which was fantastic. And we would go there and we'd bring friends and there's nothing. So everyone's phones would just stay in the cars and in the car park. And we'd just be in this house and we'd be having fires and jumping the river and everything. And you'd forget about all of that stuff. And then you'd realize that, that your, your, ha your habits are like short loops. These, these habits of just like, check, 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 check. That starts to go into a long loop of talking to people and thinking about deeper things. And so that was really helpful. And then we sold the place and then now it's just short loops again. <laughs> <laughs> and then your next place had Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there went that. It's gone crazy again. How yeah. many times uh, a day while you've been here at Code Media would you say that you've checked your phone, if you had to guess? <clears throat> Probably 12 times an hour, I would say. What, what is that, once every five minutes? Wow, okay. I would say so. Is that standard? Are you any less engaged in it because you're talking to people? Um, I, think it's, I think it's pretty standard because it, it often buzzes. And I've got quite a few things happening at the same time, which I need to relate well, back to. We need to talk about your notifications and your <laughs> haptics and everything else. I'm going to encourage you not to get the smartwatch. <laughs> but then, because the joy with the, with the watch is that you don't have to take your phone out and like, engage with it. You just go, boring, that, boring. That like, is oh, true. I need to do that thing, blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. That would be fine. <laughs> 
All right, final question. Mm. Do you think that the responsibility is on us as the tech consumers to be more, I don't know, sort of self-controlled around our tech devices? Or do you think that the companies who make these products should be considering our, our so-called addictions? Well, I mean, that, that's an interesting point because then if you think about it for, through a different lens, if you think about food, is it, is it on McDonald's to not make food that's literally bad for you? Or is it on the consumers to not go, I'll be a person who just goes to McDonald's all the time? You know, I think it's actually on the user. Um, people can make whatever they like as, and then it's up to the user to buy it or not. You just have to be really clear with what it is. Um, you know, I think, I think so, social networks should potentially come with warning signs. Like this is, um, this is an addictive product. Um, you're going to get into a, you know, a thing here. Something's going to happen to you. Um, they obviously don't yet, but it's all still kind of new and frothy. So, so I think there's a little bit of that. Okay, I'm back from running around. Okay, good. You're just in time uh, for the ad break. We'll be back in a minute with more from the Code Media Conference. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Hashtag money. Today's show is brought to you by Freshly. Meal kits are so last year. Freshly is the new way to get dinner on the table in no time. Here's how it works. Their chefs send you these delicious, freshly prepared meals so you can eat better without any of the work. I just got a box last week from Freshly. I have to say I was surprised because when I opened it, I was expecting that there would be lots of stuff I would have to chop and prepare because that's what a lot of the other meal kit services do. And I admit I enjoy those, but you know, they tend to be a lot of work. And with Freshly, there's no cooking or cleanup required. They're pre-prepared. The meals are delivered to your door fresh. They're ready when you are. You just heat them up when you're ready. Uh, the chefs and the nutritionists that work at the company make sure that every meal is all natural, nutritious, and made with high quality ingredients. So now you can come home late and still have a delicious chef-cooked meal waiting for you. You just choose from their rotating menu of 30 options. If you try Freshly, you'll see what it's like to put literally zero effort into making dinner. Just go to Freshly.com slash T-E-T-A, that's T-E-T-A, to get $25 off your first order of six meals. That's $25 off plus free shipping at Freshly.com slash T-E-T-A. We're here at the 2018 Code Media Conference, and now I'm going to do something that will probably backfire on me. I'm going to set Lauren Good loose once more on the unsuspecting attendees who pay us here uh, to ask them more questions about tech addiction. Lauren, take it away. You know, they pay just for this. <laughs> I doubt it. They pay to get away from it. New revenue stream. <laughs> Once again, I'm at the Code Media Conference in Huntington Beach. It's a little noisy here, but that's because we just got out of another great session. And I'm speaking right now with Cam, otherwise known as Chameleonaire. He's a musician, a rapper, and now a social video entrepreneur. Thanks so much for joining us here. Thanks for having me. So do you consider yourself addicted at all to devices, apps, social media, stuff that we use every day? I'd be lying if I told you I didn't have three phones in my pocket right now. Wait, how do you have three phones? What phones are they? Okay, I've got an Android phone, I've got an iPhone, and I've got another iPhone, which is a testing device. <laughs> okay, so that, I see you have, you have an iPhone uh, that's an 8 Plus? Or is that uh, a 7 Plus? 6. 6 oh. Plus, okay, and then that one is, all right. This is a testing device. That's a testing device. Yep, and this is the one I talk on, Android. So you're, deep down, you're an Android guy, because that's the one you talk on. Nah, nah, not really. Okay. Um, I, use, I like them all for different reasons, you know? Okay. Uh, so, I mean, do you have a hard time tearing yourself away from multiple devices? Um, the entrepreneur side of me says yes. 
you know, because it, it's very difficult for me to stay as productive as I like to be and accomplish as much as I like to accomplish in life without these devices. Um, like I was just telling Mark while we we're sitting in there or listening to a, another session that I feel like I'm not productive while I'm sitting there watching somebody speak because I know that there's these emails happening and people need me to approve things. People need me to, uh, you know, to, to look at things. And, and every second that passes is more time that I have to spend later doing it. So I know that's bad, but. <laughs> what, are, what are the apps you can't live without? Um, one of my favorite apps is called Pocket. Mm -hmm. And I love Pocket because it helps me be productive. It helps me learn a lot. You know, um, I get to save articles for later. You know, um, I get to uh, listen to articles and podcasts and stuff while I'm at the gym running. It's just, it's product productivity for me. So um, I love it. It's a very simple app. And, you know, I know people might expect me to say something else, but Pocket is my favorite. You know, if I saw the founder of Pocket right now, I would ask him for his autograph or her, you know. I happen to be an Instapaper person myself, okay, but I but okay. I appreciate the Pocket love. There are a lot of people on the Verge staff who like Pocket. I have both of them actually. Okay. Pocket is what I use for articles that I read like every day, and Instapaper is what I use for articles that I'm like I have to save this because as a founder I'm going to need this later. So when you feel like you need to take a break, is there something that you have trained yourself to do to give yourself that break? Um, I think I'm better than that at most people because I don't consider myself really addicted. That sounds like something an addicted person would say, but what I do is like, um, I, I challenge myself a lot of times. Like one time I challenged myself to um, not eat any meat, any red meat. And I haven't ate red meat for like years. Like, I don't know, maybe like 10 years or something, right? Um, I challenged myself to stop drinking caffeine. I used to drink Red Bulls all the time. And I haven't drank caffeine in like, I can't even remember. You know what I mean? Like I always do things like this. So when it comes to like, set, you know, setting down my device, and not being too attached to it, I can always go on these little uh, fasts, you know, where I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna do this for a while and I just do it, you know, it's, it's kind of easy for me to turn it on and turn it off. So what's the longest you've gone without your phones? Well, now that's a different question because it gets a little bit tough because, you know, if I wasn't a founder of a company, I could easily put it away. Like, I mean, I don't use Instagram like that. Um, people, my friends always hit me and say, hey, how come you don't follow me? Because I follow nobody. I, like, I don't want to follow anybody. I don't want to see what you got going on. I don't use it the same way people do. I use in, uh, Facebook, but only to update fans. So I don't like really communicate with people on it. I'm not really as social as most people think. As a uh, musician, you're supposed to be. Right? You're supposed to use all these devices to connect to people. I've never um, commented on anybody's, under anybody's post on any, like, Facebook, anywhere. You know, so, I don't know. I don't really think I'm as tied into the, to the grid as everyone else, really, you know? So your, your detox method is not to get rid of the devices. It's to stop using the apps, basically. You're okay having them. It's like having the pack of cigarettes in your pocket, but you're okay not smoking the cigarettes. Wow, I didn't even think I would like that. Um, that's actually pretty bad. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. Now, now if you ask me if I could keep the devices completely away, um, maybe it's a FOMO thing. I'll be feeling like I'm going to miss out on something. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, But it's not like fun stuff. It's not like I think I'm going to miss an HQ trivia game or something like that. I think I'm going to miss like an important email from people that need me because unfortunately in my life, there are a lot of people that can't continue with theirs without me making some kind of approval. They need me to make decisions. So if I put these phones away, then how do I do that? Do they send me snail mail? Do they like, you know, tie something to a pigeon's leg? Like what happens? What do I do? Like, so I do it for other people. I'm doing it to benefit them. Johanna Buyan yeah. of Recode. <laughs> 
You are the senior transportation reporter for Recode. Yes. Do you think tech addiction is a real thing? Absolutely. Because I literally will have TweetDeck pulled up on my desktop and then I will pick my phone up and then open the Twitter app. Like I am perpetually checking Twitter and Instagram on every single surface that I can check it on. And so I think tech addiction is really real. There are times where I feel like I have to look at something and I can't just not do something with my phone or with just a computer be. screen. Yeah. And I think that's terrible. I literally have iPhone pinky. I'm showing it to you. I can't, I can't really show it to the people who are listening, but it's crooked. Like there is a, literally a dent in my pinky because I'm always holding my phone. I think this is, that's scary. It takes multiple generations for evolution to really kick in. And yet here we are. <laughs> with a crooked pinky. Yes. Do you think that uh, that's because of the way you use apps and your devices? Or do you think that things have been designed in such a way that we as mere mortals can only be, you know, can only succumb to their addictive nature? Um, I think a little bit of both, but obviously you know this as well. I mean, it's part of our job to be connected to Twitter as much as we are. And I was a fool. And when I downloaded the Twitter app, I turned on notifications for a number of people that I write about to do my job, but it also keeps pulling me back into the Twitter app as a result of that, and it creates this sort of never-ending cycle. Um, with Instagram as well, it's like they've created this feed of stories that you're not going to get if you just scroll through, so you're sort of drawn back into the app to like go through every single person's stories. Um, and I'm a really nosy person, which is why I'm a journalist, um, and I also like care about what my friends are doing, so I, am, I think there is a very... They're, they're very intentional and deliberate about bringing you back in because it's good for their business. I don't know that it's malicious, but it certainly is created to get you back to, to the app. Do you think that it's certain pockets or demographics or age groups of people who are feeling this pain more acutely than, than others? Someone else on the podcast said that they think it's because of, you know, we work in media and yeah. tech and we live in certain cities where people are tech-savvy, early adopters, and San Francisco is a great example. Do you think that's part of it, or do you think it's this is widespread? I do think it obviously contributes, and I think that, you know, I, as a reporter, I'm checking my phone way more than my other friends who aren't, um, but at the same time, you know, my, my parents just really got Facebook accounts, and they are always checking it, more so than um, I even expected them to. They were never really on their phones before that, so I think that it still has the same effect just given, you know, one, that you have the time, but two, that you have access to that app. So I don't, I think that it's, we weren't always like this. There was one point where we were sort of brought into those companies or into those apps and then we eventually became addicted to it. So I think it's not limited to certain demographics. What do you do when you need to take a break? Um, so I did this, I've been doing this for a few years now, and I originally didn't really pay attention to it, but more and more because, you know, I, I literally have been on record being like, I've been tired for the last five years, and my vision is going, I have a weird crooked pinky, like, I've, there are all of these detrimental You're too young effects. for this, Johanna. I know, there, there's all these, like, very clear and tangible signs that are like, Johanna, stop being on your phone, so I try to abide by this a little bit more, but I do automatic do not disturb at 10 p.m., it's not really great when Kara Swisher is trying to call you, but whatever. Um, I do answer still when it's Kara Swisher. Um, but yeah, so I do automatic uh, do not disturb at 10. It goes, um, it turns off at 7 a.m. And then, um, and also I, my screen goes down and I just put my phone like not on my bed, not near me. And I just try not to touch it. 
I mean, I used to do this just for by separating, just for work. So when I work from home, I would only work in a specific part of my apartment. So that part of my apartment is like the work part. So that was in order to make sure that I was very productive in that place. But now it's actually sort of the opposite where I want to make sure the part of my apartment that I relax and sleep in and like have personal time is very personal and not on my phone completely connected. What do you think is going to happen in the future? Five years from now, if we're having this conversation, are things going to be tightly regulated? Are we all going to be more immersed and more addicted than ever? Where do you think this is going? Well, if you've watched Altered Carbon, you'll see that it's going terribly. Um, no, I mean, I, I was having a conversation today with a, a bunch of people about um, AR and VR, and one person was like, yeah, you'll eventually be in a situation where you'll just look around and there's all this information like coming out. And I think that's great. Like, it's sort of superimposed onto the real world. And I think that, that that could serve a purpose, but that could be easily used in a negative way. And that could also be... Like, you, there, there is certainly a, uh, a situation where that could just be like too much information and you're just going to be constantly connected. Literally, people want to put computers on your face. So I think that is a little too immersive for me. And, I, and as much as I think the technology is incredibly fascinating and it's crazy that we're at this point right now, um, I mean, with Magic Leap today, they were saying you can still sort of engage in the real world while having this screen on your face. And that, to me, is scary. Like, you, you, as much as you, you're still, you're not closed off from the world by wearing this headset, right, right. you're still connected to something. Right. Which is like, why can't we just be humans and pick up a screen when we need to pick up a screen? Yeah. So. Or if we're sitting around watching an NBA game with friends, yeah. why do we need multiple digital screens in front of our, right. our exactly. faces? That, yeah. And you also look like a dork. <laughs> the end. Thank you so much, Johanna. Yeah, That's all you. I needed. <laughs> Our future, dorky. Yep. Now I'm speaking with Dan Unger. He's the founder and CEO of Surfer. That's Surfer without the vowels, as one does. Uh, it's a, a video platform, mobile video platform. That's right. Uh, and we uh, make it easy to actually stream videos from your phone to your TV. Okay. Sounds like an airdrop competitor. Uh, yeah, but without the hardware. Some people say that they feel addicted to their devices and they can't put down certain apps like Facebook. Absolutely. Do you ever feel that way? Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, and it's somewhat ironic, I know, or hypocritical that I'm focusing our business on mobile, but uh, the more that people can be away from their phones, the better. And uh, it's, yeah, it's absolutely addictive. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, so I used to work at Yahoo and, and uh, Disney as well. And, you know, we always knew there were certain um, products and stories that are more clickbait. So if you do something on Kim Kardashian, it's going to get a million clicks immediately. And uh, so that clickbait, I think, has really turned into where the mobile experience is, where everything, um, you're going down the rabbit hole all the time of looking at Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and, uh, you know, any sort of topic. I mean, crazy things that the White House is doing. And so you, you get into these and it's hard to stop. So it's to me, it's the modern day clickbait. It sounds like what you're describing is the deluge of information or an information rabbit hole you can't get out of rather than specific features maybe that keep you engaged. Like, do you think it's the content, just using Twitter as an example, is it the content itself on Twitter or is it the way you're looking for those, those likes and those hearts and all that? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it's a combination. I think it's, uh, what I've found is that there's less and less content that is being pushed to me that's actually relevant. There's content that providers will know that I will click on um, because, you know, whether it's a salacious headline or notification or the immediacy of, you know, 
let me be jealous of my friend who's in Costa Rica right now. Uh, there's all of those pushes. So it's less about, okay, here's some new music, Dan, that you might enjoy. Or, um, you know, here's a great restaurant that just opened up and that, you know, we think you'll love. And uh, so f- for me, I think it's the content that's getting pushed that is less and less relevant for me and more and more, you know, more almost marketing in that mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily relevant. Right. It might be annoying. At times. At times. I generally don't get annoyed, but yes. What do you do when you need to take a break? Ooh. Uh, well, I do have a cocktail in my hand, so you can't see that on the on the audio podcast. Uh, but uh, no, I, I'm, uh, I, I have tried very hard to uh, create time for myself. And uh, just as an example, uh, you know, at this conference um, at uh, Code Media, you know, the two things that I've done, which are by far the most amazing, are waking up early this morning to go surfing uh, with you and That's right. 15 other people that I otherwise <laughs> didn't know. And uh, it, that was just amazing. It, it's, it, it's absolutely the best way to wake up and start your day, let alone have to go to a conference afterwards. So, uh, you know, finding things like that, that are me outdoors, away from my phone, away from, uh, you know, other issues or, you know, are, uh, is a great way to go for me. And, uh, and then the second thing was I tried Subpack for the first time. Uh, there was a, it's a tactile audio music meditation service, which I'd actually used. We took our son last week to uh, IMAX VR, and they actually have those. Um, they provided it to him. So when you're in there and you're you know, running through evolution, you've got this pack on that's following the music. So I didn't realize at the time that it's these guys, but this was 45 minutes of just amazing close your eyes, meditation, great music, and things like that are amazing to me, and I'm gonna try to do more of that. I'm very excited to be speaking with Maura Walsh now. She is the SVP of digital technology at Enterprise Ireland, which is the VC arm of the Irish government. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming all the way to Code Media in Huntington Beach. I love Code Media. It's actually one of my favorite conferences. So do you ever consider yourself addicted to technology? Definitely. Actually, my latest addiction, and this is really not new, but podcasts, you know, I've been listening to them for many years. So, you know, radio, voice, I've always been a huge fan of that. Um, But lately what I'm finding, when I even wake up in the middle of the night, I say, oh, I'll put on a podcast. One that I've listened to of late is something called Desert Island Discs. And it's this podcast from the BBC Four, and it's interviews with um, mostly famous people in different fields, and they pick their eight favorite tracks, and they talk about their story. And there's this journey about their eight favorite songs, and then at the end, they pick their most favorite song and the book that they would bring in a luxury. And it's Are you using kind of, this to fall asleep? Or yes. Use, okay, and does it work? But, but, I will also listen to it when I'm making dinner at the weekend for friends. So I have it on like constantly because now they have all their archives from over 75 years. And I can listen to John McEnroe. I can listen to Noel Gallagher, who when I was growing up, I loved Oasis. Um, so it's just like a plethora of amazing people that are just talking about their life. I have to say you're the first person who has said that they might be addicted to podcasts, but that doesn't sound like necessarily a bad thing. One of the other people we spoke to for this podcast, Dan Unger, when I met, happened to mention him in conversation that I listen to podcasts sometimes to, to sort of discharge, you know, take myself away. He said, well, that's experiential, so that's okay. It's not really that push and pull that you have with other applications or services that you feel sort of 
compelled or forced into using? I don't know if I totally agree with that because I feel so much in, in like some odd way, some odd passion right now around podcasts. Like, you know, so if I wake up and have this weird sleep and I don't sleep properly, I listen to a podcast. But then also if I wake up at 5 a.m. and I don't normally get up till 5.30 a.m., I'm annoyed if the daily is not, like, they might be a little late. I'm like, oh, my God, it's not here. Like, so what am I going to do for the next half hour? Oh, God, should I do something else? Oh, I might have to read something. Um, which, and I was always a huge fan of reading and media and, and magazines. Like, you know, when I was a teenager, I'd spend my pocket money in magazines. Like, I love media. And for some reason, you know, just voice and how it can be so impactful. And right now... That's my huge addiction. That doesn't necessarily sound like a bad thing, I don't think. I mean, we've heard comparisons uh, this week of tech to, to cigarettes and alcohol and worse. And so to say you're really into podcasts, it sounds like something you're passionate about. I am passionate about because you know what? It makes me more informed. Anytime we're properly informed and we feel like we're getting our news from proper sources and they're sources that I trust... That's really important to me. Like, if I, if I want to look for tech coverage, I go to Recode. If I want to look for news news, it's um, the New York Times, it's the Guardian, it's the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Like, there's these brands, and I think there's, that's why media brands are so important. What do you do when you need to take a break? Um, like, lap, lap swim? <laughs> <laughs> um, Another vote uh, for water sports. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I love to cook. I love to... But, you know, even when I'm cooking... You can listen to I something. I now listen to podcasts, which drives my partner crazy because it's like, oh, my God. Do we have to listen to another podcast that's streaming over huge speakers in our kitchen? Um, yeah. So it may not be best for relationships. Music may be better sometimes. To be addicted to podcasts. Yeah. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay, so I managed to find Kara at this crazy busy conference. And we're talking to Sofia Amoruso, who's the founder of Girl Boss, uh, host of the Girl Boss podcast. One of the things that we're asking attendees at Code Media this week is about their addictions, compulsions, obsessions to their tech devices and apps. Do you feel like you're... Do you ever feel like you're addicted to tech? And if so, how do you how do you break the habits? Yeah, I do feel like I am. As Kara's scrolling through her phone. She, is, she does this um, all the time during the podcast. She ever sounds distracted, everyone. That's why. Oh, gosh. What do I do? I've downloaded a bunch of apps that track how much time I'm using my phone. There's one called Moment, I think. Um, has it changed my behavior? No. Um, your question is like, what do I... Yeah. Is there ha- anything that you do I that does change your behavior? Um, not really. No. I'm kind of always on my phone. I wake up and look at my phone. I drop it on my forehead. I carry it to the kitchen with me. It's like my baby blanket. Do you ever go to places where you don't have service? Yes. And I keep checking my phone, even though there's no service, hoping there will be service. It's just, there's like something I'm always reaching for. It's like an appendage at this point. It's like where, I know where it is at any given time and and I want to be reaching for it. All right, I'm going to give you one choice. You have to get rid of your cell phone, your car, or your dog. I have three dogs. All right, one of them. My cell phone. 
Wow. I drive a Range Rover. (laughs) (laughs) It probably has like CarPlay or something. Yeah, it does. She's like a living room on wheels. Drive until she gets in range. What what is the app on your phone that you you feel you couldn't live without? What's the thing you check the most? I use Inbox, which is Google, Gmail, Inbox. Email is where I spend most of my time. Okay. You had to give up one app. Inbox or Instagram? Which one is it? Instagram. Why? Because I make more money from my inbox. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good answer. Good answer. I'm here now with Joe Herkin. He's the CEO of Issue. It's a digital publishing platform for, I guess, for the modern age. Sure. We like the modern age. Thanks for being here. So do you ever consider yourself addicted to technology? Yes. (laughs) Um, I find it's actually really hard to put down. I'm checking news to see what's going on in the world. Uh, I find increasingly, given what we're doing, which is providing a platform for content creators to connect with an audience that um, I'm regularly looking at content that's on issue, that our publishers are, are creating, that our readers are reading, that then sort of gets me down rat holes of going to other platforms as well and seeing what's going on. Yeah, so between all the social media and texting and communicating with friends, uh, absolutely. When you need to take a break from tech, what do you do? So I go for walks a lot. Um, I try to have as many walking meetings as I can. So our office is in downtown Palo Alto. So I get out of the office and probably two or three times a day I'll do half hour to hour long meetings uh, walking like that. So that's one thing. Um, I journal. So I actually get real pens and real paper and write down my thoughts. And I try to do that. I don't do it daily, but... I try to do it a few times a, a, a week at least. And um, I find that, that like the practice of thinking, writing more, it helps me actually synthesize things that I'm thinking. And doing it without my phone um, next to me is, is, is really good. Um, I meditate uh, in, in the mornings. Not, again, not every morning, but most mornings. So um, I try to unplug. The problem with things like meditation is I'll do it early so then I still have plenty of time to, you know, get back onto the, uh, onto the phone, right? When you go for walks, are you leaving all of your devices behind? If I go for walks with people, I'm device-free. Like, I, I really try when I'm with people to be device-free if I can, um, like, at least one-on-one. Um, if I'm going for walks by myself, I'll, I'll start and then... Uh, it's uh, so I have a I have two children, and my older son is in college. We communicate a lot through texting. So he'll text me. I'll text him back. He'll show me a link. I'll at least see that link. And it's like a what I find that's seductive about social media in general and content in my devices is there's this fake sense of connecting with another human being by looking at the stuff I get sent, <laughs> and so. It's like I'm trying, I'm saying I'm connecting with you, but actually what I'm doing is looking at whatever it is you sent me and that sort of thing. So between, with my kids, I tend to be uh, digitally connected with them in a lot of ways. We try to have things like put our devices down for meals and things like that, but it's hard. Yeah. That's not going to work when you're taking pictures of your meals, right? So, you know. That's the thing. It's like, you know, enough is enough at a certain point. Uh, and I keep reminding myself, like, uh, the news will be there news is going to be there in half an hour. Um, the cycles, I think, I feel like we get seduced thinking that the cycles are 
much faster than they ever have been. I think what we end up with is, I don't think the cycles are that much faster. I think there's lots of the same kinds of content coming in about the same topic. And so we'll look at like different viewpoints. Um, and so that can be just as addictive as well. And the news business, we call those hot takes. But yeah, why, why do you think it is that this idea of tech addiction or obsession is really prevalent right now. I mean, we've all had these devices now for a decade or so. Uh, we've had apps for a while. We've used social media even prior to that. Why do you think we're, all, we're talking about this now? I think it's sort of like the first, the first early phases of it have run its course. So we spent maybe the last 10 years with smartphones, um, also, this was like this seduction of I can get access to anything I want at any time, and I and I love that. And I think, at least for me, I'm spending more time thinking, well, how about just using it as a tool to be more efficient or to communicate more effectively? Do I need it to control everything that I'm doing? And then just thinking about like, um, I think it's a it's a generational shift. So there are lots of people who. Have, have been having devices now for 10, 15 years and have kids. And I think for me, it makes me think about what their entire lifespan is going to be like attached to these things. Um, so I think, that, I think the generational shifts make a difference. I think we're just starting to look at interesting elements of having a screen in front of our face all the time. What is it starting, like research sort of around what it's doing to our brains, what it's doing to communication. Maybe part of it is people are starting to think about the impact of that kind of interaction. Um, and at the end of the day, I think people are, I think the essence of us as people is to connect with each other as human beings, right? And so while the technology is great and it's really fun, there's nothing like you know, being with people. It's why the conference business still exists, actually, right? I think it's really interesting that, that things like Code Media and Recode and like all the events that are happening, there's only more and more and more of them. And yeah, you can watch it, but there's nothing like actually connecting with another person. And I, I, I hope we never lose that. Some of our loyal readers and listeners also chimed in on Twitter and Facebook, and here are some of their responses. Steve Kish, oh, I can't pronounce his name. Steve Kishinsky, delete Facebook. Oh, that works. <laughs> That's his advice. Delete Facebook, he says on Twitter. Right. Uh, Jane Beard. Whom I know. Wrote to us. Yeah, I know Jane. And uh, she said, turning off notifications wasn't enough for me. I have to put it somewhere that makes it a pain to get to, like in the basement. It's crazy, but it helps. Have yeah. you ever put your phone in the basement? I, I have been leaving my phone behind a lot. I, I leave it in restaurants all the time. I think I'm, my, my mind is talking to me. Yeah. Like, secretly, subconscious. my subconscious. I've been leaving it a lot. I left it at an airport, you really? know, when you go through it. Yeah, I don't ever do it. I, maybe I have some mental Did you disease. flush it down the toilet at the airport? I've done that before, but not kidding. lately. Was... Anyway, Chris Perillo, stop buying gadgets and computers. Worked for me. Well, okay, Chris. Oh, yeah. That's our job. We can't do that. I was All just right. going to say. Bad advice. I needed Chris a laptop Perillo. that works. Unfortunately, fortunately. Bridget McGraw, uh, do what Kara Swisher did, go offline completely for a week. That said, I did climb to the top of the Mexican mountain and found a cell phone, <laughs> I think, to talk to my kids. <laughs> I did. I did it. Sorry. Also, you took photos. I, I did. saw I on Instagram. I was later. Lovely. I put them on later I, when I landed in, in, when I was in Puerto Vallarta. So you weren't doing Instagram stories or something? No, I didn't. I was not on Twitter, like except for once Johanna Bouillon texted me, it got through, and she said, you got to tweet my great story about Uber drivers, which I did. Oh, yeah. I did that. That's it. 
that I feel like okay about that. Okay. Yeah. And then that's when good. Louis wrote about how he hated Snap in the new Snapchat, I did do that one. Okay. But just two tweets in a week, that's pretty two, good for Two me. tweets in a week is pretty, really is pretty good. good. Yeah. Anyway, next one. Uh, Simone Stozoff said that, uh, wrote a little on this last week. I think turning off notifications, deleting addicting native apps, and using accountability tech like Freedom. Oh, yeah. And putting pressure on companies to change their ad-supported biz models. Well, sorry, Simone. I don't think ad-supported is going away, but the, what you said earlier about things being designed to get you into that endless feedback loop. Yep. Uh, yep. I think, the, you know, we, I, I would give know a what's lot happening. Of, I would give a lot of uh, attention to bothering Google and and Apple about this. The way they design their uh, their screens, it's it's it looks like a candy. It's a candy store. Interesting. Uh, Nally uh, Bowles just wrote this piece in the New York Times about moving your your phone to grayscale, which is it, it turns everything gray. And I gotta say, I don't ever want to use the phone when it's in grayscale. It's, it's less just, visually appealing. It's complete. It's less. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fascinating how your mind immediately just doesn't want to touch the phone, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah, do you think for younger generations that's like, oh god, it looks like a newspaper? Yeah, I know, but it, it worked. I didn't. Terrible. It wasn't. And they could also start and take some of those apps that aren't utility apps and put them in folders. Like start them there so that you don't just see them. Like you don't go to Uber all the time, except when you want a car, right? Or you mm-hmm. don't go to the weather, except when you want to. You don't like endlessly look at the weather. So any utility app should be on the front screen. Everything else should be shoved somewhere else. That's an interesting idea. I kind of believe more in freedom of choice, yeah. being able to just put things where you want to. But I think it's the onus is on you then as the consumer to put them in places that make sense to you. Like I have a folder that's just titled essentials mm-hmm. and that's where all of my essentials are. It's where I keep Slack. I do consider Twitter an essential for our job. It's where my mail app is. It's stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my password manager. And that's the one I try to open the most. And then I well, put all the social the apps to the you, second page. Really, I think if you take, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, like hand everybody fried fruit and sugar and not tell them that it's bad for you. No, I think people can't, I think there is some element of responsibility on the behalf of the tech companies to do it too. So you're with you're like in the ban jumbo soda category. I'm not ban it. No, I don't like that. But I say this is really bad and you get fat. But that's and yeah, this is that's, bad. You probably die of heart Bloomberg disease. Did, and then he banned it. But mm-hmm. I don't believe you should ban it. I think you should tell people what the consequences are. Hmm. Very clearly, very labeled, very much. And then they could ignore them at their will. But at least say here's the three things you could do. To stop it, and they should put them. I think they could put them in places and redesign these screens in a way that isn't quite so um, appealing. They're like candy. They're like or colors. Or a bunch of idiot birds that like peck on these <laughs> things. Anyway, I look forward to these changes going into effect. When you are mayor of San I don't Francisco, wanna, I don't want a mommy state, but I want to like warn people. Like they should know, like sugar or anything. We 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 we've gotten used to it with cigarettes. So why can't we get used to other things? Those mm-hmm. warnings were important. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop people yep. from smoking. It doesn't say don't smoke. It just says if you smoke this, you might probably will die of lung cancer. You could die of lung cancer. I think that's good. Big big yeah. skull on it with an X. Uh, I think it, we both agree that we believe in more information. More information. Transparency. It's a good thing. Yep. Absolutely. And don't fund studies that you secretly don't have your name on. Stuff like right, that. Right, right. Things like that. Anyway, we'll see. I'm sure it's not going to be. Uh, I think some, I'm sure someone will say, I want a mommy state, but I, well, actually, a mommy state wouldn't be so bad in some cases. <laughs> you heard it here. Mommies Future are good. Switcher. Mommies are good. Yeah, good mommies are good. <laughs> Don't you always say that San Francisco is like assisted living for millennials? Yes, that's different. Like that's a, a whole different thing. That's a different thing. They're just like, give me my massage immediately at home. <laughs> to be followed by a hand delivered kombucha shake. That's a very different situation. I think we need to put a stop to that immediately. Well, thank you to all of our attendees for sharing their insights and thoughts this week at Code Media. Yes, this has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. 
Uh, for full coverage of the Code Media Conference, check out Recode.net and our podcast. If you all enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show and you can leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. When you subscribe, you'll be the first person to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. Yes, and when you subscribe, you'll be able to listen to the podcast first thing every Friday, which is the only time you should not be putting down your phone. Otherwise, put it down, but just listen to our podcast. And if you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can just go to the website, go to recode.net slash podcasts and find everything there. And while you're there, you should check out our other shows, Recode Decode, Recode Replay, where Code Media Conference will be, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. The Verge also has a great podcast called The Vergecast, hosted by Neelai Patel. Ashley Carmen and Caitlin Tiffany host Why'd You Push That Button? Uh-uh. And keep an eye out for even more Verge podcasts coming soon. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to Too Embarrassed at Recode.net. Thanks for listening and thanks to our sponsors. Also, thank you to Cadence 13 and Fox Media, which sells those ads so you can listen to this show for free. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and of course, our producer, Eric Johnson. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask, so tune in then. I'm Sean Ramosverum. I'm the host of Today Explained, a new show from Vox. It's an all-killer, no-filler daily news explainer that'll drop every afternoon. But not on the weekend. Our show's going to explain the news every way we know how. Clips, radio drama, maybe even a song. Today, Today Explained. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen.